The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Suffering continues in oil country. The Edmonton Oilers lose again. 3-0 tonight at Rogers Place against the New York Rangers. Jonathan Quick with a 29-save shutout. His fourth career shutout against the Edmonton Oilers. So Edmonton's record on the season now 1-5-1. On home ice, they are 0-2-1. It's the first time since the start of the 0-2-0-3 season that the Oilers have gone winless in their first three home games of the year. Back then, they still had ties. They had a tie and a couple of losses. So it is bad. It is alarming. I think we're at the point we could say that because as we bring in Rob Brown here in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line, as we were talking about after the game in Minnesota a couple nights ago, the Oilers are not close. They are not losing one or two goal games. They are not having games... I guess the Winnipeg game, you could say, but for the most mm-hmm. part, their losses are not games in which the other team stole it or yep. in which the Oilers outplayed the other team and it came down to a bounce or a weird play or an overtime. Um, the Oilers are, are flat out the inferior team in the majority of their games this season, and it happened again tonight. Well, you even look at their win, their 6-1 win. The shots were 11-3 for Nashville at one point. Um, the Edmonton Oilers have not played anywhere close to what their expectations are of, of what they're capable of doing. Uh, tonight was a, a great example. New York's good. But, I mean, this is still a New York team that has some holes in their lineup. Uh, they are just 4-2 and two on the season. They came in and the Oilers caught a break when they went with Jonathan Quick, their backup goaltender in the game, and they didn't test him. I think the third shot on net for the Oilers was 15 minutes into the first period. Uh, they didn't create any... Uh, problems in front of them. There was no screens. There was no battles. There was no rebounds. It was a perimeter game for the Oilers. But the Oilers still played low event until the final two minutes of the first period, which for them is victory, the way that the games have gone as of late. But then the second period started, and in all honesty, that was as poor defensive effort as, as we've seen. And there's been an 8-1 game. There's been a game where they gave up five in a third period. Uh, but in that second period, it was there was a breakaway. There was a 2-on-0. There was a 2-on-1. There were two 2-on-1s. There was a 3-on-1. I mean, it was just breakdown after breakdown. And I know that, there, and we, Bob and I just talked about it, there's some structural changes defensively. There's some uh, neutral zone stuff that when the other opposition team is in a set breakout, but the mistakes that we saw, it just is a continuation. It's not mistakes from structure. It's mistakes. It's individual mental mistakes. It's pinching at the wrong time. It's turning the puck over where you shouldn't. It's turning the wrong way. I mean, Adam Fox, who is a fantastic defense, defenseman, top five in the world, but he picks the puck up in the neutral zone about eight feet over the Oilers' blue line, standing still when he got it, and he just starts skating forward, and he ends up getting a breakaway. Like, it's, it wasn't a breakaway pass where you got in, snuck in behind the defenseman. And Darnell Nurse, he like he turns the exact opposite way. And I, I, I swear, if someone interviewed Adam Fox right now, he goes, were you a little surprised by that? And he'd be shocked. Uh, and those are the things that are happening uh, over and over again for the Oilers. The last two games, the best Oiler player has been their goaltender. Yep. Stuart Skinner in the second period, that should have been 6 nothing. 
He, he fortunate a couple posts, but goalies will tell you I had the angle. But a couple posts, some huge saves. Uh, and in this game tonight, the, uh, the Rangers, I think they had three breakaways in the game, didn't score in any of their breakaways. So they, they won 3-0, and their best chances weren't the ones that went in the net. So it, it was, uh, uh, to me, it, it's disappointing and surprising are the two words that I think I would use to sum up the first seven games. Disappointing where they are in the standings and some of their efforts, and surprising that a team that put so much pressure on being a better defensive team and so much talk about this being the best Oiler team they've had in a long, long time, which uh, we all agreed with, could be off to this kind of start to start the season. Now, having said that, it, it, to me, it's at both ends of the ring. Yep. This is a, this is in every zone of the ice. We can even throw in neutral zone play. But So now 1-5-1, uh, and one, that's seven games into the season. You've been shut out. Another Two other games you scored once. Mm-hmm. And, you know, against Winnipeg, you scored twice. Now, in hindsight, that Winnipeg game might have been their best game of the year. I agree. And they, they didn't win. I agree. That uh, was their best game. So, the, I, I know it, it always hangs over the Oilers, and let's face it, it hung over, you know, Ovechkin until he won. You're all mm-hmm. offense. You can't check until, until you do it. That's going to be the thing. Um, but this isn't just... This isn't just a team that's defending sloppily, which they are at a lot of times. But they, yep. they, they're not scoring. And, again, with the exception of a couple of games, they aren't getting a lot of chances. Like, they, I guess you could say the third period tonight, sure, but New York's defending a 3 nothing lead. Yes. New York is flipping pucks right. out, and they weren't looking for that goal. Well, start. teams know that when they play against the Oilers, they cannot give them... Uh, time to breathe. They cannot allow them to come through the neutral zone. They can't turn the puck over. So teams are playing smarter against the Oilers. The Oilers aren't getting odd man breaks. And that's because teams fear what the Oilers are capable of doing. On the other hand, the Oilers are giving up odd man breaks over and over and over again. Uh, so the Oilers, they're, they're, they've been too much uh, of a perimeter team to start the season. Uh, there's not a lot of work around the blue paint, and that was a criticism. Uh, over the over the last couple of years for the Oilers. They went out and tried to address it, getting Kane, getting Iman, getting Brown, Hall away. But they still have been too perimeter. Uh, and the Oilers in front of their own net have not been strong enough. But tonight, that wasn't the problem. Tonight, the problem was uh, just poor decision-making, poor reads in the offensive zone and in the neutral zone that c- continued to create grade-A scoring chances for a New York Ranger team who uh, d- honestly didn't have to earn a lot of those chances. Those were just yep. mistakes made by good. the others. And they are good. And they are good. But and they yeah, capitalize. You, you well, give them room, they're going to take advantage. And, and, and we talked about this the last game, and it continues. we continue to see it. Um, the, some of the Oilers' top players do not look like themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. I know Zach Hyman, and I'm I'm not going to, I'm not trying to throw any particular players under the bus. I'm just going to use some examples, though you could probably go through the whole lineup. I mean, Zach Hyman did get that chance in the third period. Has he looked like himself? I, I, I would say no. You know, for the most part, has Kane looked like he's anywhere near his peak? No. Even Leon, for the for the most part, yep. has he looked? And I, and I know there are probably some people sitting there thinking, hey, they don't have Connor. They don't have Connor. Fine, they don't have Connor. But other players can still play. And again, they scored four goals the other night. Without, well, without Connor, so we're we're looking at a bunch of players, and it's like almost like who is that guy, or or where is he, and that's what's really getting confusing too. Well, if 
if this team cannot win games without Connor McDavid and cannot look like a team that's capable of winning games without Connor McDavid, well, then they're not a Stanley Cup contending team. Right. I mean, that's simple. I mean, there's going to be injuries throughout the year. If one player is the difference of this team winning or losing games, well, then the rest of your team is not good enough. Now, I believe this: the rest of the team is good enough to play and win hockey games. I don't think they've played near as good as they're capable of playing. And we've seen what Hyman's capable of doing, what Nugent Hopkins is, what Kane is. We've seen them all. But to start the season, we've only seen glimpses. And uh, glimpses don't win you games in the National League. There's no... I mean, San Jose is going to have a really tough year this year. But the rest of the teams, there's... Every team has four or five really good players on it. The Anaheim Ducks have got some fantastic young stars on their team. They're going to be a team that's going to be near the bottom of the standings. But if you don't come to play against them with an urgency, those teams can beat you. And I think that's what you're seeing right now with the Oilers. The Oilers didn't have any urgency in this game until the third period. And at that point, as you said, the Rangers, at that, or they're just trying to ride out the clock. They're yeah. not trying to create anything else. They got three goals. They know things are going their way. So the Oilers did not have urgency until the third period. In the NHL, if you don't bring urgency in shift one, you're not going to have a chance by shift seven or eight because the other team's going to take charge of the game. 3 nothing. the Rangers win it tonight. Whenever the Oilers do score a goal, it's a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We will bring you post-game reaction from uh, head coach Jay Woodcroft and some of the players as, uh, as we get that coming in tonight. Feels like it's taking a little bit... Uh, uh, longer than usual. Um, yeah, so y- you have some players who don't appear to be anywhere near their potential in, in some cases, yep. which is uh, which is frustrating. Um, it's going to be interesting on Sunday because Edmonton's one five and one, and Calgary's now two five and one, and also <laughs> got shut out tonight. I don't know if anybody. Uh, I, I, I think if you would have told Flames fans you're going to be ahead of the Oilers going into the Heritage Classic, they would have thought they had more than five points on <laughs> on the season. Well, I, I and think then probably if you would have told Oilers fans you're going to be behind the Flames, they would have thought, oh, Calgary's probably it's got a great start. They're probably yeah. six and one on the year. Problem for Calgary is the same thing that we talked about at the beginning of the year. I just I think they are a good hockey club. I just don't know where they're going to get their goals from. And tonight they they had that problem losing three nothing. Um, you know, whenever the Oilers are in this type of situation, especially now, you know they've been a better team. They have been in the playoffs four years in a row. We always get, we always get calls about, well, are they going to? We had a gentleman call in. Actually, he was one of our regular guys. He's a good caller, and he said, "Well, I still think they'll make the playoffs, but they won't go deep." Look, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen on April fifteenth or, or March fifteenth. I'm going to repeat what I said last game: win a game. Mm-hmm. Win a game and then try to build from there. Play, like play well. Try like try to do the little things right. Do the details right. Get a lead. Hold a lead. Don't let you hang your goalie out to dry. <laughs> if you are one of those people that's really worried about playoffs and probabilities right now, I, I will just say this to you. Here's an exercise you can do yourself. And I did it on Chelsea's show yesterday in the afternoon when we were talking about this. Pick pick a point total that you think is going to be the minimum required in the Western Conference to, to make the playoffs. I think last year it would have been 93 or 94. And don't go by the best, don't go by the worst playoff team. Go by the best non-playoff team. So if the ninth place team had 90 points, you would have needed 91 to get in. So pick, so find a total, or, or just, you can go look over the last 20 years, average it out. However you want to do it. Pick, pick a total. And then, and then see what the Oilers' record has to be between mm-hmm. now and then to get to that total. The, the total I used yesterday was 93 points. So I said, okay, 
The Oilers have 76 games remaining to get, they only have three points. They have, I'll, I'll finish this thought in a second. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Tonight on a night where everybody expected a different. Yeah, yeah, I think um, tough game for our group. Uh, certainly uh, we're in the mud puddle right now and um, the only way out of it is to work your way out of it. And I thought tonight there was uh, moments, uh, you know, where we were waiting for something bad to happen. And, um, you know, through experience, I know that the only way you come out of something like that is is through working. I thought in the third period we pushed back a little bit, but it was too little too late and not good enough tonight for us. This there a jolt that this team needs like what has to happen and kind of shake them out of this because you, you talk to them after every game and it's like we have to be better we have to work harder and it's 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 not happening yet well it, it hasn't happened yet uh we have belief in the people in our room um we have uh a group that's been together here for a while that has been through tough times before um and that knows the answers are within the room um but there has to be uh, a collective um, coming together to solve problems. And uh, right now, um, we're not at we're not functioning on every cylinder yet. Uh, from an accountability standpoint, I mean, you have things you can do as a coach. Group needs to regulate itself. Yeah. Are you seeing a group that's able to and regulating itself right now? Well. You know, the one thing that, that our players aren't doing is they're not negative and they're not getting down on each other. Um, they are, you know, I, I didn't see, well, we weren't functioning at full on every cylinder or full capacity or anything like that. I didn't see a lot of independent contractors. And, you know, that's something that you look for as a coach because every team goes through times like that. You want to make sure that there aren't people uh, go in their own direction or their own way and and uh, you know I thought we had a little bit of a response in the third it wasn't good enough um, but uh, we know the only way forward is to come together and work together to get a, out of the funk that we're in. A couple of games where you've probably brought some better stuff to the rink but these lulls are happening what are you seeing from your group during these lulls and I mean, I know if you had the answer, it'd be simple, but yeah. obviously pulling yourselves out of them quicker. Yeah, there are. There's been some lapses, right? And so, sometimes it's an individual thing. Sometimes it's, um, you know, it goes for a few minute span. Um, you know, I think uh, we, we have yet to play a full 60-minute game. We have yet to play that. We've had spurts. We've had moments. Um, we've had periods of good play, but not 60 minutes yet. And in this league... If you want to find success, it takes all 20 for a full 60. can't be half a team. It can't be um, missing three or four guys. It's a full effort from all 20 for a full 60. And right now, we have not hit on that yet. We haven't. That's a fact. Uh, we're capable of much more. Uh, but as I said, the only way forward is, is to come together and work your way through it. Jay, there's there's a lot that comes with Sunday's game. There's family here. Obviously, it's a it's a big game. But but now, do you look at it? The guys can be maybe more focused and make that kind of a turning point in their season. There's it's something different than it is yeah. a regular season game. Yeah, that's what we're gonna hope. Um, I can tell you that as a coach, 
I look at that as two points that are on the table. And right now we're in search of two points. Um, not one point, not zero points. We're in search of two points. So the way I've always thought of that game is that I would deal with it when we came to it. Um, you know, the first seven games of the season are done. Our focus is on game eight. It is outdoors. There is going to be a lot of uh, excitement in the city. It's something different. Uh, our hope is that maybe that is something that jump starts us, uh, that gets us all on the same page here uh, and working together to try and find those two points that I was talking about. Can it still be as enjoyable for the group and for everybody knowing that there is a bit more pressure on trying to get those two points? Well, still enjoy the moment? Yeah, I don't think, and we said this this morning, when you're in a funk uh, the way we are right now, it, it isn't fun. It's not fun. Um, but that's okay. Uh, I think the big thing is you want to make sure you're sticking together. You're making sure that you're finding answers and solving problems together. Um, you know, can it, you know, is it going to be different? It's going to be different to play outside. Uh, we're also playing our biggest rivals going to be coming into our city to play. And uh, usually that brings the best out in us. Do you have a Connor McDavid update? Uh, skated today and had a good day. No uh, word on availability at any time soon? No. Um, you know, we have time before our next game. Uh, so we'll see how he is tomorrow. But he skated today, so I, I took that as a good sign, and he had a good day. How limited are you with a 20-man roster when it comes to holding you know, players accountable and, and doing normal things? You know, coach's currency is ice time. You've got only 20 guys here. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to us about that, that juxtaposition. Um, as I said this morning, I worry about getting the most out of those 20 guys. And, you know, we've won games shorthanded before. The bottom line is we're not... We're not playing to our capability right now. And is there ways that we can hold people accountable with ice time? Um, yeah, there are. We can remove special teams or privileged ice time, offensive zone starts, those type of things. As I said this morning, for me, my concern and where I put my attention is on the 20 people that are before me. I don't worry about what I don't have. I try and focus on what we do have and try and get the most out of them. And we can get more. We can get more um, because we're not yet playing to our full capability. Jay, what did you think of the team's uh, level of urgency offensively tonight? Um, not at the level required to score in the National Hockey League. I thought, uh, and if you look at some of the chances that we had, we had some, we had some decent chances, um, but I, I didn't see a ton of second, third uh, type of chances in around swarming the blue paint, burrowing in the blue paint. Um, uh, paying a price, willing to bleed to score. I, I have, I didn't see that tonight. And I know that create, to create offense in this league, regardless of the talent of the group, to create offense in this league, to find it consistently, it requires second and third efforts. And right now we're intermittent with those second and third efforts. Sometimes it's there, but it hasn't been on a consistent enough basis. There's been a lot of focus on the defense, especially lately. Um, Zach Hyman said, hey, there's no very few problems defensively tonight. We didn't score. Does it yeah. feel a little right, right now like whack-a-mole where you get one thing figured out and it's on to the next and there's just a myriad of problems like that can't quite all get fixed? 
Um, I don't look at it like that. You might look at it look at it like that. I look at it like um, the team is trying to develop some solutions here. Uh, we are in the mud puddle. We are, um, but our way forward is to work together uh, to find a way. And I think you find a way to, to get two points and then you build off of that. Just one last one with Connor. Like the Sunday game, it's going to be cold. It's going to be um, iffy ice. Does that factor into the equation on whether that would be his first game back? Um, yeah, I, I haven't even thought like that just yet. I, you know, I think for him, he knows his body better than anybody. Um, you know, we'll see where he is tomorrow. I think he had a good day today. Uh, I wouldn't rule it out, um, but I'm not saying he's going to play or, or not play. Uh, we're, we have some time here before Sunday's game. We'll see. Thanks, guys. Okay, that's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. 3-0 Rangers win tonight. So just quickly finish my thought on, uh, you know, can they make the play? Again, pick a number that you think is going to be the playoff cut line. See how many points the Oilers need between now and then. Find a record that matches that point total and then decide for yourself if that's realistic or not. We can't answer that for you. There are no guarantees. Oh, I'm going to uh, say the Oilers are making the playoffs. Uh, I, I mean, my point is, uh, this is this is a terrible start. Yep. Absolutely. Each game you lose makes it a little harder to make the playoff cut line. Uh, Vegas is 7-0. Does that mean they're guaranteed a playoff spot? No, but as we've talked about in previous years when the Oilers have started well, they've banked points. Yep. Right, so that's 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 how I look at that. So Woody said several interesting things. He said this early on, and I found this interesting, Rob, because you and I have watched enough hockey and, quite frankly, enough sports in general, and sometimes mm -hmm. you might say that to a buddy or someone you're watching a game with, and Woody said it about his team. They look like they're waiting for something bad to happen. Yeah. It's a team that lacks confidence right now. Yeah. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it, it's showing on the ice. And you know what? who else picks up on that? The opposition. Yeah. They, the opposition, they, they feed on that. They see, you know, I can see the look in their eyes. That's this next shift, this push, because they don't, they're, they're doubting themselves. And if you can play against someone that's doubting themselves, well, that's a huge advantage, and teams are seeing that right now with the Oilers. Yeah, I, I like how you put that, that the opposition knows it as well. And remember when Nick Taylor won the Canadian Open in the summer? Mm -hmm. I interviewed Richard Zokel after that. And Richard Zokel, I think it was 87, something like that, he was he, him and Curtis Strange were in the last pairing of the Canadian Open that year, and and Richard Zokel says we went to the first tee, and I looked at Curtis Strange, and he knew that he was going to beat me, <laughs> and I knew that he knew he was going to beat me, and he knew that I knew that he knew he was going to. And beat it's all me. true. And you know that's that's an element to it, right? Well, when you line up against the guy and you look him in the eyes and you like. You can see the fear or the doubt in his eyes. That gives you extra power. I don't know. Yeah. You power up like the video games. Bang, bang, bang. I get a little bit better now. I feel a bit bigger, a bit stronger, a bit faster. And right now teams are seeing it. And they're taking advantage of it because they, the Oilers have been that team where they've uh, sensed the weakness in an opposition. And those were the games where the Oilers would win 7-2. Um, eight one yeah. stuff like that because they would sense it and they would attack. Well, even Nashville this year, yeah. the one game the Oilers won. The Predators probably don't feel like they can beat Edmonton right now, but other other well, teams do. Especially in that game when Nashville yeah. starts so well, it's eleven three and the score is still zero zero, and then they give up the yeah. first goal. Nashville's like, 
here we go again. And the op and then the Oilers, they saw that and they pounced on them at that point. So yeah. right now the Oilers, they look a team uh, that that lacks confidence and just the the plays they're making. It, there's a there's a hope right now. The Rangers and they looked at all times tonight that they were going to win this hockey game. They believed they were. Yeah. The Oilers were hoping. Yeah, and so and sometimes I hesitate to talk about confidence because you can never truly know how another human being is feeling. And I, I've done enough interviews. In, in my career where sometimes I've said to an athlete, what an incredible play. You look so confident. And they've said, I, I never tried <laughs> that before in a game and I never tried it again and I didn't think I could. So sometimes you never know. But I, I do agree with you. They, they look a little broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and again, and we, we've talked about this in past years when they've gone through funks as well. A one nothing lead feels almost, ins- or a one nothing deficit, pardon me, feels almost insurmountable. And when the Rangers got that first goal tonight, I was like, Oh man! Like, how are they going to get two tonight? Whereas when they're playing well, late last, you know, when they go on that run late last season, the other team scores first. You think, whatever, they're well, going to get it back. When the Oilers are, are, are playing well, I feel that a two-goal lead is not safe for the opposition. Right. I think the at that point the Oilers, okay, we're one power play away from being one down, and then we're one great play by Leon on Connor from being tied. So we're only down two. So more or less, we're even right now. That's the the the, the way they looked at things, and they never ever lack confidence. But to me, the body language and, and the, the the whole plays they're making right now, and then just the the decision making, the hesitation, and I think we've seen a lot of that in the first seven games of the season. Hesitation defensively, where am I going or are you going? And that slight hesitation gives the opposition player that much more time to make a decision, make a play, and we're seeing that over and over again. So uh, I I do believe this Sunday. Heritage Classic game is coming at the absolute perfect time for the others. They need something to excite them. And a win against Calgary at Commonwealth in front of all those fans, that, that could spark them into a nice little run going forward. Um, but you got to do it. But you got to do it. Shown, and yeah. I, can, I can tell you right now, the Calgary Flames dudes that do our job in Calgary are thinking the same thing. The Calgary Flames need this. They need a game where they beat Edmonton in front of 50,000 outdoors, and that could spark them. So uh, in the Battle of Alberta, it's a much more desperate game on Sunday than I think either you or I would have imagined yeah. that these two teams would be where they are in the standings. Oilers lose 3-0 to the Rangers. Diane wins tonight a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. She took the under of 4.5 goals scored by the winning team. These two teams have played some high-scoring games over the years that has set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on. Rob, I want to touch on a couple other topics that are, are going to come up so we'll, we'll get to these before sifting through all the text phone calls or emails um, call-ups we all whenever the others go through a, a tough phase we always get bring this guy up send this guy down I had a caller on inside sports last night say uh, Borgo should have been on the team Malone should have been on the team Gleason should have been on the team Seth Griffith should have been on the team um, you got to remember the players that are in the AHL for the most part were identified as belonging there even before the preseason was mm-hmm. played or started though a couple of those guys did have really nice preseason, so so fair enough. But I, I would say for the most part, I mean, given the Oilers' cap situation uh, and and the contracts they have, this this is going to be the team. I mean, they're, so it, I, I think it's, and I know, you know, we get trade proposals and all that, all that kind of stuff. I mean, trades can happen at any time. I don't anticipate one in the near future, but who knows if they keep losing, maybe they'll have, they'll have to be a shakeup. But I, I know some people won't want to hear this, but 
this is the team. Yep. Like, <laughs> at least for, I'm sure, the next few weeks. These are the guys, and hopefully get Connor back soon, but these are the guys that are going to have to figure it out. Well, the Oilers were trying to get a blueprint of what they needed to win a Stanley Cup, and they felt that they filled all the holes with the exception of possible a fourth-line center depth player at the deadline and a possible defenseman, defensive guy that they can put as a 4-5, or five, depending on what Broberg's capable of doing. Everyone else, though, this is what they wanted, and this is what they believe can win them a Stanley Cup. Now, seven games is too early to write that off, and we saw what this team was capable of doing last year. Uh, so they need to find the right page and then turn the whole thing to that page because right now offensively, defensively, uh, they are not anywhere close to what they're capable of doing. And every time you lose a game or there's a mistake or a falter, it just chips away at that confidence a little bit more. So uh, there is no help coming. This team is to the cap already. I mean, they've only got 20 guys here <laughs> that could play. So it's not as though they can make a lot of moves and they got to figure it out in the dressing room. This is the team everybody was hoping would win the Stanley Cup. And a lot of people were picking to win the Stanley Cup. It's the same players. They just haven't lived up to what they're capable of doing yet. Okay, and, and the other thing that I know we'll get calls about and some people will want, uh, I almost hesitate to even bring this up, but let's address it. Coaching, coaching change. Personally, I don't think we're anywhere near that. No. Uh, this He hasn't even been a coach for, the coach for two years because what was it, February of 22? Um, but I'm not saying you don't look at coaching in a situation because everybody has to do better, and it's the coach's job to, to find solutions. But I, I think we got to pump the brakes on that at this point. I think we're a ways away for, from any huge deal or anything to do with the coaching staff. I think this team is better than they've shown, and it's up to the players in the dressing room to figure it out on the ice. All right, Oilers lose 3-0 to the Rangers. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. All right, uh, he had, well, I'd say he had the Oilers' best chance of the night with about 7.15 left in the third period. He was all alone in front, but Jonathan Quick made the glove save. Here's Oilers forward Zach Hyman. Kind of similar to Minnesota, is it your assessment? There's certain times in the game where things aren't going right, and then that kind of screws up the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought today was a lull for two periods, uh, so can't happen, obviously. Just not, it's not who we are. There just wasn't uh, a level of work ethic that dictates play. Like we, we're a fast team and we weren't playing with pace. We weren't getting in the corners. We weren't working to get the pucks, to get pucks back. And uh, yeah, just was not good enough, obviously. Zach, like accountability. I know you guys are, have to hold each other accountable to a degree. How does that play up? How does that process? I mean, it's pretty evident. Like you watch, we watch a lot of video, obviously, and I mean, I'm sure the eye test matches how how it feels out there. Like it, it feels like we're not we're not playing like we play. Like we know how we can play, and I think that that starts with your work. Nothing in this league. This league is too tight. That nothing gets done without putting the work first, right? And. And that's not on coaches or management. That's just on the guys in the locker room coming and showing up and, and going out there and, and playing. So 
there's no finger pointing here. We have no time to feel sorry for ourselves. You know, we're very confident as a group. Like we, we know how good of a team we are. Obviously, it hasn't shown uh, to start the season. But I think with this outdoor game, it's it's an event where you know we can go out there and, and we can work, uh, and we just focus on one game. It's perplexing because it's like you say, largely the same team as last year that was a cup contender. So is that is that reassuring or is that frustrating that the same guys are in this situation right now with what they did last year? I just think it's it's there's not one guy off to a, a poor start. It's collectively as a group, you know. We're an offensive team. We scored zero goals today. You know, like uh, you, we blame. You know, a lot of the, the blames on our D zone, our defensive system, our, our defense. We didn't score anything today. You know, so there's no there's no finger pointing. It's everybody in the room has to take a step and elevate their game like we know we can. Like we are a team that that has been. You know, to finish the like we're, we're caught up in last year. We've we got to flip the page. Like we're, 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 we're this year's team, and and we have great players in, in this locker room that can elevate their game. And collectively, enough guys do that, we start winning hockey games. Zach, with, with Sunday, with everything going on on Sunday, is that a good, maybe good place to kind of reset and focus on the win and kind of make it hopefully a turning point this year? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody, almost everybody has somebody here, friends, family, uh, people who you care about, people who helped you along the way to get to where you're at. So if you can't get up and show up for a game on Sunday, like, this is a game that we're all going to be ready for and that we all need to be ready for, not just for the event, but for for the season, for you know where we are at as a team, to collectively grow as a team. Uh, I think that we've been a team that's faced adversity multiple times. This is adversity to start the year. Obviously, we want us to start the year off better, but we are here now, and we're ready to elevate here. All right, that is uh, Zach Hyman after the Oilers lose 3-0 to the Rangers. Well, you can hear in his voice, and he's just reiterating a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. He, he talks about this isn't a coaching thing. This isn't a management thing. This is a player thing. This is something that they know that they're a better team than they've shown, and he talked about a lack of urgency, a lack of... Uh, work ethic it's not to where it needs to be so it everything that we're talking about everything that's talked about in the media everything the fans uh, have been saying and we're going to get in the phone calls the others dressing room is not oblivious to that they know that that they are not a bounce or two away from turning this around they know that they're just not had some unfortunate breaks or a referee or a good goalie that has stopped them from winning they they know they haven't played well this is a team that believes they can win the Stanley Cup. And this, thus far through seven games, we've saw little evidence that this team is capable of doing that. Thus, Zach Hyman and his teammates know they have to be better. And he, he, he kind of threw it out there, this game Sunday, how that could be a jump start for them. They know the importance of this game. And being on the big stage, maybe that's what they need to spark this team to go the right way. Well, something. You look for almost <laughs> anything at this point. And as one of the things I said on... Tuesday was this team isn't underperforming solely to the expectations of a Stanley Cup contender. This team would be underperforming if we would have got into the season saying, you know what, I think they're kind of mediocre. They'll probably miss the playoffs with 85 points. Well, I mean, you would say they were underperforming if that's what you expect. Well, they're in 31st place in the National Hockey League. Yeah. They're only ahead of San Jose. So, yeah. yeah. So, if they would be underperforming 
at anyone's standards other than the San Jose Sharks, who we're expecting to come probably in dead last this year. So uh, it has been a, a horrible, horrible start to the season for the Oilers. And the only thing, if you're an Oilers fan, have have belief and faith that there's still 70, well, 75 five games, games left, left That's, yeah. to turn it around. And hopefully they can turn it around starting in game number eight. And the Flames are also looking to turn it around. They are now 2-5-1 and one after their own 3-0 loss tonight to the St. Louis Blues as we update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Maple Leafs beat Dallas 4-1. Islanders beat the Senators 3-2. What do you think of the Clutterbuck hit on Brandstrom? He was taken off on a stretcher. Yeah, it, it was scary, although I honestly didn't think it was a horrible hit. I thought hit. it was late. I thought the puck was gone Possib- for long enough. But, but I didn't. Uh, to me, I think it was just unfortunate is what it was. I think it looked like he banged his head on the glass and possibly on the ice as, as he's coming down. But a scary moment for the kid. I mean, uh, Clutterbuck skater, he had no idea that the, the kid was down. But, yeah, it was a scary moment. You don't like seeing that. How about the Flyers? 6-2 winners over the Wild. The Canadians beat the Blue Jackets 4-3 in overtime. Penguins shut out the Avalanche 4-zip. Lightning hammer the Sharks six nothing Winnipeg on a bit of a roll here four one win over Detroit the Hurricanes beat the Kraken three two in overtime and the Ducks surprise the Bruins four three in overtime with Mason McTavish getting the game winner on Thursday night football Bills beat the Buccaneers twenty four eighteen. Okay, 780-496-0063. That's the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. You're also going to hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Darnell Nurse. Oilers lose again. Three zip to the Rangers. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Down the right wing, Lafreniere with Heedle across to Heedle. Oh, what a stop by Skinner. He slid across and got it. Absolutely robbing Philip Heedle. With 50 seconds left in the first period, Stuart Skinner stops 29 out of 32 tonight. Many of those were dangerous chances. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. At the other end of the ice, Jonathan Quick got a shutout with 29 stops. He's the first star, Adam Fox. The second star, Artemi Panarin. The third star, and we'll give uh, Skinner the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. 3-0, the Rangers win at the Oilers are 1-5 and 1. I thought especially in that second period. I mean, I, I know Skinner got scored on three times in the second period, but I thought he made several very good saves. Uh, this was a 6 nothing game that got dressed up as a 3 nothing game because of Stuart Skinner. Uh, the Oilers uh, gave up way too many grade-A scoring chances. Stuart Skinner had an, an excellent hockey. I mean, it's, I mean, the last two games, the, the goalies... For the Oilers, Campbell and Skinner have been their two best players, and they gave up 10 goals in those two games. So it means the Oilers are giving up way too many grade-A chances against. All right. We got, uh, oh, he's up late. Mike from Ottawa checking in tonight. Hey, Mike, go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Hey, yeah, so while, while I've been on hold, because it's been a while when I first called, they're like, it's going to be a while because I called immediately after the game. Uh, I got on the guitar. I've been trying to do some riffs and stuff like that just to keep myself busy while listening to you guys doing some riffs and commercials. And it relates to the point I'm about to make, which is um, 
that like when I'm playing guitar trying to do a really hard solo like I was trying to do a live by Pearl Jam which is a really hard one Mike McCready um, I, I, you got to be in the groove you got to be in the in the flow and you got to be you got to be feeling the mojo if you're distracted or there's like a commercial playing in the background like was happening with me I'm, I'm missing notes things are going good I'm frustrated things, things fall off so what I feel is that there's been a lot of talk about this new system of play, and I know it's been addressed recently. And I actually, during the summer when I heard there was a new system of play come in, I thought, you know, like, as an Oilers fan, I loved how last year the it finished, other than the regular season finished, not the playoffs. And I really felt, you know, we were a good team back home. We traded for him. We went 18-3, and three, got tons of goals. And the, the talk was always, we could score, we could score. We got to, you know, be more defensive. What happened after Vegas was the whole talk was, we got to change. We got to be more defensive and, you know, maybe change our system. So we, we apparently, the talk is we changed our system. Obviously, we did. And I know there's been a lot of defense recently of it the past few games saying, like, the plays that are going wrong are not happening necessarily in the defensive zone. But my point I'm getting it back to my guitar solo is that I think that the players like, most hockey players like scoring goals. They like winning a lot of points. And when it, they probably had to convince themselves that they would have to be happy with winning a 2-1 game when they'd rather win 6-3. to three. And I bet the early captain's case with McDavid were all about, okay, guys, we have a new system. Let's spend the extra time. Let's get used to it. And everybody agreed to it because they, they know if they want to win a cup, that that's probably what they got to do. But the thing is, is that confidence-wise and mojo-wise is that they feel like, you know, maybe not being able to play that, that sort of let's, you know, balls out, let's get a ton of goals right. and play more defensively. It's, it's, you know, it kind of hurts their mojo a bit. And even in, and so I think that that has hurt their mojo and that where they're at right now, even if the, the breakdowns aren't happening in the defensive zone. Yeah, I think, um, I think you're talking about a lack of confidence. Like we were, yeah, we were the only confidence is gone. Exactly. And, and so yeah. what I'm trying to say is that, is that it's not necessarily that the, the system right now as it is, is it being executed? It's that all the players are trying to convince themselves that that's what they have to do, but they don't want to do it. And collectively, they have to agree that they have to convince themselves that they're going to be able to do it and do it well. Because right now, obviously, we're not scoring goals and we're getting a ton in. Nothing's yeah. working. It's, it's Th- not going either way. You know? Yeah. Well, I think I think they want to do it. I just think it's like you were saying, Rob. It's it's not happening, and then you hesitate or you overthink. You're not just kind of in the flow. Yeah, but it's more, I mean, people, I mean, there was a lot of talk about them changing the system. Every team I've ever been on, we've gone through two or three systems every year, depending on what's going on in the game. Okay, we're, we're going to go into a box plus one. We're going to go into aggressive. We're going to go into sit back. Every team has a bunch of different systems. The others didn't have just one system. They had a bunch of different systems. They're just adding things, adding layers, going to try a different thing defensively. Uh, most of these players have played the system. I mean, I know there's a lot of articles written about, well, the Vegas played more of a zone, and the others have got They're man-to-man. They're one of the few teams that does this. Well, then there's a lot of players that have been on other organizations, so they played these different systems before. It's not hard for a professional athlete to, to change up something a little bit. Teams tweak all year long. To me, it is not. It's not the system at all on this team right now. This is not a. It's not this. The system isn't what's forced a guy to turn a puck over. That forced the team to take three, too many men on the ice penalties. That forced the guy to fan on a shot in front of the net. It has nothing to do with 
what you're doing are supposed to be trying in your own defensive zone. So to me, this team has just not played anywhere close to their potential. Uh, there's been a lack of urgency in their games. And when things didn't go the way they were expected, then a little bit of self-doubt creeps in. Not because of the system change, simply because things have not gone anywhere close. They got slapped in the face in game one. An 8-1 loss to start the season. I think that shocked them. I mean, it certainly shocked us watching. And uh, I don't know if they've completely recovered from that because their play hasn't shown that it has. All right, let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The difference was tonight. I think you guys played in this game. I think uh, same thing as the other night. There's 40 minutes that we'd probably be happy with and 20 that we're not. And um, that's the difference. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just not good enough. But uh, game seven, we don't have time to hang our heads here and get frustrated. And um, what was me, it's it, it's it's time right now. And uh doesn't matter what we've done in the past. It's it's about right now, and it's about looking forward to Sunday here. Some pressure here. November's coming quick. Thanksgiving's coming quick. Uh, everybody's getting away on you. How's it feeling? Yeah, I mean, uh, we know where we're at, obviously, um, early, but it, it needs to happen now. Um, like I said, uh, we're, we're going to be laser focused for Sunday. Uh, that's the only thing in our mind right now. Um, tonight, like I said. 40 that we're probably happy with, 20 that we're not, and that's the, that's the story. Sorry, Ryan, I was just going to, what do you think is kind of missing, or what, what's an element maybe at the top of the list you think that would make a difference in these kind of games? I don't know if there's one specific thing. It's uh, um, little breakdowns here and there, but um, I, I said it. It's being able to maintain the, the same level for full 60 minutes, and tonight it was the wall in the second period, um, and we just we can't have it. I mean, teams are too good. Uh, there's too many good players out there to make you pay, and uh, you have a lolly for five, ten minutes, uh, you're going to pay for it, and uh, right now that's uh, what we're seeing. Ryan, you don't have extra skaters on the roster. I mean, you know, sometimes you're playing short forwards here, but what does accountability look like among you guys? How are you holding each other accountable? How do you do that? Yeah, I think first and foremost, we got to hold ourselves individually accountable. Um, everybody needs to step up. Uh, we all know uh, there's not, there can't be any finger pointing. Uh, we just talked about it. I mean, it's uh, everybody needs to step up, and I don't think anybody should be happy with the, the way it's gone for, obviously, the team, but uh, individually either. So, um, um, I don't know. There's not much else to say. It's it's you got to look forward to Sunday here, and we need to uh, put our best foot forward. Has it kind of snowballed to the thing where it's almost like a psychological thing where guys are afraid to make mistakes, which usually results in more mistakes? Um, I don't know. I don't know for there. Um, I would say there's probably uh, a bit of frustration that we need to get out right now um, got a couple days here to regroup and uh, it's it's early but uh, we know how important uh, getting things going now is and uh, like I said it, it doesn't really matter what we've done in the past it's uh, uh, it's about here and now and uh, it's start, it starts Sunday all right that is uh, Ryan Dugan Hops I mean they're they're not like they're not hiding from it <laughs> they nope. know what it is and, and maybe in some I imagine for some fans that's even more frustrating because it's you, if you know what's wrong just go do the opposite <laughs> do what's right <laughs> well I mean that's the goal every time they step on the ice when they always st stepped on for the start of the game tonight they thought they would all have their best work ethic they thought that all their passes would be executed perfect they thought that they would know where they're supposed to be defensively they thought every pinch they did was the right one and then 
things happen. And when it doesn't go right, then all of a sudden, oh, you go back to the bench and you think about it. And when things haven't gone right for a few games in a row, now when you're sitting on the bench, it's just negative thoughts creep into your mind. And that's when you when you show a bench, if they have like the camera shows the one bench it's winning and the one bench it's losing, the bench it's winning, they're all smiles and they're positive and they're happy and there's energy on the bench and then they show the team that's losing and you get the, that dead look on their faces, the, 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 the eyes staring into nowhere. And it's because right now they're in their heads thinking, where did this go wrong? What did I do? Like, I mean, I, I'm a better player than that. Why did I make that play? And self-doubt starts creeping in. So the next time you go on the ice, you already have that self-doubt. Now you're hoping not to make the mistake. And then you're a little hesitant with the play you make. And that's what you're seeing more and more right now with the Oilers is you got these faces on the, the bench. It's like, okay, we, we're supposed to win the Stanley Cup. This is not how we're supposed to play. We're way better than this. And unfortunately for the Oilers, it just kind of snowballs. That's why they need a reset, and hopefully an outdoor game against the provincial rival is the type of reset that, that gets them going in the right way. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Alex on the line. Go ahead, Alex. Okay. Yeah, mud puddles and uh, guitar solos. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think the Oilers are sliding down the poop rope into the big poop vat. I don't know. I feel like Leahy here. Uh, hey, guys. Um, I think they need, what, a 45-31 and 31 record the rest of the way? Yep. Yeah, 90 points. I think that would give, you know, it would be close, yeah. Well, well 45 and 30 it, now. They're down to 75 left. Yeah, well, I'm looking at their uh, their schedule to November 15th. They don't play any back-to-back. They don't have uh, Vegas and Colorado in there. But, you know, I don't think any team's going to be scared of the Oilers now. So they got to at least play 500 uh, over the next eight or nine games. And uh, But here, I'll just make one point because I know you got other callers. Um, I'm not really happy about this Connor Brown experiment. Uh, having 3.25 million of cap of dead cap space starting next year for a third or fourth liner winger. And hey, I know he was Connor McDavid's uh, a buddy, and uh, but he doesn't fit like a glove unless you want to say that he fits like a glove for the other underperforming players. Uh, this is this is business. This is professionalism. And uh, I think you got to cut ties, uh, ties with this guy. It's not the 10 game mark, but uh, uh, Ken Holland, please. Uh, we can't have, I mean, your legacy, like, he's not going to be able to wear this next year because he won't be the GM, but having 3.25 million of dead cap space for, and this team isn't winning the cup this year. It's not going to happen. I well, think they can't, they, uh, thanks. I mean, they can't just—they're not—they can't just cut Connor Brown before the ten-game mark. He's still got his contract for this year. They, well, they just could waive him, is what they could do. And then he doesn't play his ten games. Oh, you games. say you put him in the minors, and he doesn't play ten. Then, play, then you games. save all that money. Yeah, but. Leon Dreisaitl said it best when it came to Connor Brown. He said, "Do not look, judge him for what he does early in the season." It's, he goes, it's going to be halfway through the year before you see what he's capable of doing. Uh, Connor Brown will be here all season long, and the hope and the expectation is he's going to be a, a major contributor as this season moves on. He missed an entire year. They are not going to get rid of him. I, there's no one that can convince me right now that the Oilers can't win the Stanley Cup. 
right this year, and there's no one in the that can convince me if pick any team that will win the Stanley Cup. We are a long ways away from the playoffs, so to say that the Oilers were not winning the Stanley Cup this year final, you can't say that. We don't know what this Oilers team is going to look like on April 18th, whenever the season starts, or any other team. I believe the Oilers are a playoff team. And I do strongly believe that any team that makes the playoffs is capable of winning Stanley Cup. Last year, the Boston Bruins were the best team by far. They had zero weaknesses. They did not get out of the first round. They got knocked out by a team that had to have a complete collapse by the Penguins to even get into the playoffs. So make the playoffs. That's your goal. Then you can see if you can win a, a Stanley Cup. But I, for any fan that thinks that this team is not good enough, well, let's, let's wait. Let's wait to see... On April 18th, then we can start making our predictions about Stanley Cups. Right now, the others, as you say, need to get a win and start moving towards a playoff spot. That's, winning a division doesn't matter. Home ice advantage doesn't matter. Matter Get to the playoffs. They can't do that until they start winning. Sunday's their next right. opportunity and the, and the, to try to do that. The problem is it's seven games into the season yep. and they look lost. No, they do. They, do. Yeah, they look like terrible. They look terrible. But this is yeah. also a team that has looked terrible before, early in seasons, that seasons have turned around. I... Uh, this is the same team on paper as it was three weeks ago that people were picking them to win the Stanley Cup. Same team. So I, I still have faith that this team is going to start going in the right direction. It'll be a playoff team, and then come April 18th, then we will make our Stanley Cup predictions. All right. Uh, power plays tonight for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Oilers were 0 for 2. Rangers were 1 for 3. Uh, they got what turned out to be the game-winning goal on a power play early in the second period. Skinner made a great glove save on Zibanejad on that power play, but then Fox would score off a nice feed from Trocek a little bit uh, later on. Rangers go on to win it 3-0. We got Jesse on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Jesse. Go ahead, please. Hey, how's it going tonight, guys? You know, I, I wasn't going to call in. I'm I'm usually pretty selective of when I do call in and what I want to talk about tonight. But, Reed, you did open the door about uh, coaching tonight. And um, I do want to bring it up. It feels like a little deja vu of, of everything that's been going on. Um, I know we, we bought Wood, Wood, Woodcroft came in, what, in February of 2022, I want to say. Yep. After Tippett. Um, I think if things carry on the way they are, I think we're going to have the exact same thing happen again where we're going to have to bring in another coach um, late in the season to try to kickstart this team and um, get them going. Because I, I do believe, like, I, I'm, I am not giving up. Like, this team really has has what it needs. It just, I don't know, I don't know what's happening right now. It's, it's such a head-scratcher. Like, as a fan, I'm, like, just... I don't know. I have an Oilers chat with a bunch of buddies, and we just don't even know, like, what to say to each other. We're like, what is happening? And um, we can point fingers a thousand directions like we always do, but I don't know. And and I know you hate trades. I know you hate this and that, but I'm going to tell you, I, I I really do believe that there is somebody that we can, we can, we can bring in and, and they could help this team. And um, it's an ex-Chicago Blackhawks coach. And uh, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> what, Quenville? He's, he's not even yeah. allowed to coach in the National Hockey League yet. Oh, I know. Do we have him? Okay. I, yeah, well, that's not a trade, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I mean, if, if, if this continues to be disastrous, then, yeah, anything is uh, anything is 
is possible, oh, we're, quite but frankly. We're a long ways but away I don't, from I don't yes. think we're there yet, no. and I don't think that uh, Ken Holland or anybody wants to make a coaching change. So, But, I mean, fair enough. It comes up when the team's doing this bad. Yep. Everything gets discussed for sure. All right, we'll uh, get to Darnell Nurse in a couple of minutes here. Oilers fall 3-0 to the Rangers. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Quick gets a shutout. Fox, Schneider, and Lafreniere score in the second period. 3-0 Rangers win. Uh, Cooley had a goal disallowed for kicked in, by the way, in the third period. I disagree with sure. that I one. I thought yeah. that one might count. Uh, Oilers are 1-5-1 on the season. 0-2-1 at home. The last time they went winless in their first three home games in a season was 2002 when they had a tie and a couple of losses. Now, they have had years at home. They've started, you know, 1-4, and 1-5. and five, But in terms of not winning the first three, this is the first time since 2002. Okay, uh, Kelly on the Certainty Hotline. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, hey, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I listen, um, I don't want to get you guys uh, going on the wrong path here, but I, my, my thing is that I've been, a, I've been a fan for the Oilers since way back, and, and I'm just wondering, like, is it not possible that without everybody hitting me on the, uh, on the hard side, it, I understand Woodcroft uh, is a good coach, but maybe we... Is it not possible we need somebody more hard-nosed like Sutter or somebody <laughs> like that to come in and uh, kick some butt? I don't know. Maybe. Is that possible? It's, I don't think it's possible. I don't think, yeah, and I don't, I don't think it's probable. And I don't think there's any chance of that happening at all. I, yeah, uh, Sutter specifically, I would say that's... Hey, well, and I just don't think there those coaches that are hard-nosed like that uh, you don't see them around the National Hockey League anymore. They just there's a different type of coach now that uh, the National Hockey League is going to, and uh, the most successful coaches in the league, John Cooper, he's a he's a communicator, and he's had the most success in the National Hockey League over the last five years. All right, we also have Sean. Go ahead, Sean. Hey guys. Hello. I, I yeah, I feel for you guys sometimes. I know your job gets a lot easier when the team wins. So I know you had a good year last year. Anyway, yeah, I, got, I don't look uh, at it that way, but thanks anyway. Okay, yeah, well, I got uh, I got uh, two points. Number one, we need a goalie that can actually steal a game, and we don't have that, and and that's on Holland. Number two, uh, the coach has to be a a motivator, and in order to do that, you have to speak in uh, intelligently which I've never heard uh, uh, Woodcroft do. And I... Really, how, how do you think he speaks... Well, how do you well, think he speaks stupidly, I guess? Well, he just says the same stuff over and over. And uh, He's saying the uh, same I, stuff to the press. He's not saying the same stuff to the players. Well, well okay. Well, anyways, I just want to say, I don't know what he says to the uh, players, because I'm not there, of course, but... If he doesn't, okay, so let, just let me uh, say it like this. If he doesn't talk any more in intelligently to the players than he does to the media, then the guys have actually uh, tuned them out because I can't listen to the guy anymore. 
and I, and I and I do predict that he will be gone before the Christmas. Okay, well, we'll see. You can call us back if that turns out to be true. All right, let's go down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Darnell Nurse. Getting some kind of good veteran perspective on this game and maybe this season. What, what's kind of your take on, on tonight and maybe what's been not going right for the team? Um, yeah, it's kind of a image of our, our season so far. Third period was good, but, you know, we didn't play good for 40 minutes, so... You can't win in this league. Um, if you're not bringing 60-minute efforts, it's as simple as that. So we have to uh, reset. Can't feel sorry for ourselves. We can move on. What's the dialogue in here among you guys, you know, and holding each other accountable as a group, those sorts of things right now? Yeah, we got to be better, like, to a man. That's as simple as that. Um, that's the dialogue. Everyone knows. You know, it's easy to point fingers and whatnot. I mean, we got everyone just look in the, in the mirror at this point and feel a whole lot better. And is that something that, you know, as a leadership group, the idea that it's up to each individual? You know what I mean? I mean, you bring, you bring your individual game as a as a group, and collectively, that kind of takes you to the next level. So we all got to uh, all got to be there. There's this idea that it's a, a D zone system or a D core or. You look at the three zones and problems beyond just the defensive zone. Yeah, I mean, I've been here for nine years and it's always the D. Uh, um, so, I mean, for us, we do have to be better. We can't be relying on our goaltenders to make, you know, five, six, two-on-one saves a night. Um, can't be, you know, putting our, our partners and, I said, goalies in, in bad spots. But at the same point, like, that's uh, there's six guys on the ice at all times. And uh, we got to be out there helping each other. It's hard to score goals in this league. Zach just talked about the fact that maybe the will and the work ethic at times just isn't quite there to, to, to get that done. Are you sensing that? And how do you get that out of each other? Uh, I mean, we continue to push each other. I think that's. I, I you know, look around our, our room. Like, this is a very, very hard working group. This is. Guys that come in each and every year push themselves uh, as hard as they can to get themselves in the right uh, mind frame and, and right physical set, but um, we got to bring that on a, on a nightly basis. And through the first uh, seven years, we haven't done that. All right, that is Darnell Nurse after the Oilers lose 3 nothing to the New York Rangers. So now we turn our attention to the Heritage Classic, which is our next game broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers here on 630 Shed. An extended face-off show on Sunday. It's going to start at 3, and then the game at 5, Oilers versus Flames at Commonwealth Stadium. Both teams struggling coming into this one. Oilers now 1-5-1. and one. Flames were shut out tonight, 3-0 by the Blues. They are 2-5-1. and one. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 630 Chet, and to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from 5-7 to seven. tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 7 to 8. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.